Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Kai from Prompt all about their new and innovative approach to the TMS side of the industry. Prompt helps supply chain companies to easily expand the functionality of their transportation management systems without changing or replacing any of their existing software. That's right. You heard it here and you're going to want to check it out to learn more. It was a great episode. And so I hope you enjoyed it. But remember, if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com or our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 259. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O dot com today. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I cannot believe we are in May already, but I am super excited for the spring and the summer because I don't know about where you are in the world, but it's been a long winter here. Today, I'm excited to welcome an experienced and strategic logistics operations professional to our Woman in Supply Chain series. Can you guess who it is? Well, I'll let you know after the poll of the week. So what we asked you was, what's your favorite midday snack? We got 378 votes in, I think, maybe 24 hours. 51% of you said something healthy. 26% of you said cookies. 13% of you said candy. And 10% of you said other comment below. For me, it is either a tangerine or sometimes I really like some potato chips, kettle chips in specifically. Mandy says peanuts. Kathleen says something cheesy and salty. Goldfish, Cheez-Its. Peter, Nature Valley granola bars. Jonathan, Midday Squares. I've looked at Midday. Um, Rhonda says tangerine. Oh, you and I are on the same page. Eva says skinny pop cheddar popcorn. Mm. Ashley says trail mix. 
Robin says anything that I can grab that's at my office. Jerry says more coffee. I'm kind of with you on that one as well. Mariella says Argentina mate or coffee with cookies and crackers. Stephanie says cut up apple and a bit of peanut butter. Ooh, that used to be my go-to snack as well. Maria says tea. Well, thank you so much to everybody who joined and voted on our poll of the week. That's a super fun one, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, we ask that every single Wednesday morning, so make sure to come back and be part of the conversation. So now back to today's podcast, and the incredible woman in supply chain I have with me today is Maggie Petrovich. A business and communications graduate, Maggie honed her skills at global third-party logistics provider Coyote Logistics, gaining deep knowledge and experience experience across operations, sales, strategy, and customer experience. As a leader at Emerge, she's helping to save shippers time and money by operationalizing game-changing products. Today, Maggie will be talking to us about her career so far, her talent for operations strategy, the, ins- the excitement of startup culture, and mom guilt. Plus, She'll be sharing her experiences as a woman in the industry, as well as her words of advice for all of the women following in her footsteps. And of course, we would not be able to do this series without our sponsor. So this Woman in Supply Chain feature was made possible by our sponsor, Emerge. As a company focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships, Emerge is proud to sponsor Woman in Supply Chain. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contract procurement process, enabling shippers and carriers to make more strategic decisions. Make sure to go and check them out at EmergeMarket.com. So welcome to the show, Maggie. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. It's nice to meet you. It is so nice to meet you, and I am really excited to have you here as well. I mean, you've worked at a 3PL, you're in the tech space now with Emerge, looking to reinvent freight procurement, and I know you're into your sport, so there's a lot of similarities between us. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about today, so let's just dive right in. So on the show, we like to take it back to the beginning and, you know, take a closer look at the journeys that make us who we are today. So take us on yours. You went to college on a scholarship, which we haven't talked a lot about on the show. What was that like? And it was a sports scholarship as well. So tell us about the sporting mindset and how that pairs with business. Sure. I'm happy to jump right in. So a little bit about my background. I grew up outside of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, which is a hotbed for field hockey, uh, which is not a popular sport across the country. And so I grew up playing field hockey um, and a couple other sports too. And yes, I was lucky enough to receive an athletic scholarship to go to the University of Iowa. And um, it really, I identified as an athlete my entire life. So going to college to play a sport was really the next step in that journey. Um, And yes, I, I see a lot of similarities across athletics and business. I think that that really has um, attributed to the success of my career so far. Um, specifically, you know, I think about being on a team and what that means. And when you have successes as a team and then you have failures as a team and learning from that and then seeing as a group how you've been able to learn from those failures and then grow together too. Um, there's a lot of similarities between business and that. <clears throat> and then also, um, you know, just 
seeing yourself improve over time, you know, with practice, um, that is certainly aligned with business. If I think back to like the first time I ever picked up a field hockey stick and then, you know, over 15 years, what I was able to accomplish. Um, Similarly, you know, looking back now, I'm definitely not the same employee that I was fresh out of college. So um, yeah, I think that, you know, being an athlete and learning a lot of those life lessons along the way was um, certainly something that I'm appreciative of in my career. You and I are going to be fast friends, my friend, (laughs) because I grew up uh, with some friends uh, who have an Irish background who live in the UK. I grew up going to the UK every year because my family was there and they play field hockey to this day. Wow. And tried to teach me and it's it's not my sport. I I got the ball off the ankle way too many times and hurt myself because that ball is so hard. (laughs) Um, But I, I do have similar mindsets around it. So I've played baseball or softball. Um, now it's been almost 40 years that I've been playing. I'm still a catcher in my forties and impressive. How are your knees doing? (laughs) Uh, knock on wood. They are, they are okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it, but I'm going to do it for as long as I possibly can. But it's so true. You know, the team mindset and Mm -hmm. what it was like the first day that I picked up a softball and what that journey sort of looked like. And you, played out my dreams. I always wanted to go on a scholarship. (laughs) And unfortunately, life happened and it just didn't work out that way for me. And so I'm super excited that we could talk about this because, you know, people get into supply chain in a variety of different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for you to be able to go to school on a scholarship um, is really another way that you can get to go to post-secondary school and pursue some of the things that you want to pursue. And now with supply chain as something that you can pursue as a career within your studies, it's super, super important. The other thing that I want to say, and I I know that I'm like totally taking away, I'm I'm talking way too much, but (laughs) I I really understand what you're talking about, the correlation between athletics and business. And I've always had a dream of hiring athletes Mm -hmm. and giving them the skill sets for what they want to do after their career as an athlete. And so that is one of my dreams because I do see the correlation, how important and the mindset for both of those and how, how they're so important. So, so glad you shared that with me. And so I wanted to share some of my dreams with you as well. Of course. Um, Yeah. I think that it's really important to also just see the similarities between supply chain and sports, which they're, if you think about the things that make an an athlete successful, it's time management, it's work ethic, um, multitasking, a lot of those commonalities relate to supply chain too. Um, So, so yeah, I I agree with everything you said. And I do want to ask where are you, do you still play fast pitch? Do you play slow pitch now? I'm interested in that. <laughs> so it's actually a modified slow pitch league. Okay. Um, I did play fast pitch until I was like mid twenties. And then it, I broke my nose actually playing, <laughs> playing one of the games one day and it sort of changed things for me. And I didn't really want to be in that kind of environment anymore. And so I wanted to be competitive, but not that competitive. And so now I'm in modified slow pitch. And at the age of 39, I threw out the fastest two guys in the league on. Wow. Second base. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Thank you. I had a similar experience with field hockey, actually. So the the day before my first game freshman year at Iowa, I tore my ACL at the University of Michigan. And I was supposed to start as a freshman. It was like so exciting. And then that happened. Um, And I think, again, like as I've mentioned, I identified as an athlete my entire life. And then when you have such a setback, you start to realize that there's other things in life besides sports. Uh, and not to mention, I went to a really fun school. So I got to see what during my recovery that there was life outside of sports. Um, and that actually led me to taking a step back from field hockey my sophomore year and just becoming a normal student at that point. Um, so I, I think everything happened for a reason because what brought me to the university of Iowa, I would have never gone to that school without field hockey. And then I fell in love with it. And that led me to the Midwest and then, you know, logistics and so on and so forth. So I do feel grateful for that journey that sports brought me on. But yes, I do. I understand what you're saying where injury kind of shifts your perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, interesting. We have another common um, experience. (laughs) I know. And thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, the path that you're on isn't necessarily always the path that you're meant to be on. Mm -hmm. I just looked at a post from Simu Liu, who's a Canadian um, um, Marvel character, right? He just played in in Marvels. And he was talking about how he was, uh, he worked for Deloitte for Mm -hmm. 10 years. And then they fired him. And it was the best thing that ever happened to him because he never wanted, he, he, he never really wanted that career. Everybody else wanted that career for him yes. until he put his money where his mouth was and got into acting. And it was a struggle. Um, but then he was able over the last three years to get some of the best gigs of his life. And so I just wanted to bring that in because I was, I was just reading about that earlier, but we do need to continue. Um, you have a degree in business and communication. And whenever I talk to a guest about their background or degree and ask, did you want to get into supply chain? The answer never really is yes. Right. Right. So how did it happen for you? How, how, and why did you break into supply chain? So I think that if that were a route I could have gone at the time, I probably wouldn't have done so. But looking okay. back now, I definitely wish that I had more formal education in supply chain because I find it so interesting. I'm like addicted to it. Yeah. Um, but so I chose to go to University of Iowa. My plan after college was to move back and I was going to take over my dad's real estate company. Um, mm. And so business and communications felt like a natural fit for that field. And, um, I was, when I was in college was when the great recession hit. And so my dad actually lost his company and Mm -hmm. that created another fork in the road of what am I going to do now? Um, and so I went to a career fair and one of my, my teammates at Iowa, um, she was a year older and she started working at Coyote Logistics and she said, you know, we're hiring like a hundred people this year. You should really consider it. And I had a revelation of, well, you know, that sounds interesting. It's an industry that's growing after a recession versus, you know, the real estate industry where it's shrinking. Um, so that was really why I went on that path. I got a job offer from Coyote and really never looked back. And like wow. I mentioned, um, never thought I would have interest in it, but sl- slowly became, you know, after training and, you know, having my first role at Coyote, I was like, oh, looking around everything ships on a truck. 
And I started to just become like completely infatuated with the supply chain industry. And I don't really envision myself ever leaving at this point. Well, and you talk about your your dad losing his business. My dad lost his business and oh I ended gosh. up in the crossroads. And that's how that's how Let's Talk Supply Chain was pretty much born, was out of that crossroads that that uh, I was in when that happened wow. to me as well. I honestly I don't know how we didn't meet before. This yeah. is just are we soul sisters? Crazy. <laughs> We might be soul sisters. I may have to come and meet you in Philadelphia. Maybe yeah. I will take maybe I will take that gig and, and come <laughs> yeah, and there you go. <laughs> so so let's talk more about your time at Coyote. I mean, because it seems like you really grew there, really honed your skills. And we had Marty on the show last month and she talked about the incredible things she accomplished at the first company that she worked at, you know, really learning on the job, just getting stuck in despite a lack of the industry experience really. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah. When I look back at my early years at Coyote, I just remember again, just being so excited to go to work every day. And I still really feel that way just about our industry. I think there's never a dull moment. Um, but when I think about the, the roles and opportunities that stick out, it was really me just saying yes to anything and any, and everything that was going to, um, give me an opportunity to learn more and put me out of my comfort zone. So Mm -hmm. I took on a lot of special projects that were specifically focused on like mergers and acquisitions. So through that experience, I was able to get um, a lot of visibility and FaceTime with the former CEO and founder of Coyote, Jeff Silver, um, Mm -hmm. who's really, you know, an industry leading mind. And when I think back of like the bright spots at Coyote, they're having the opportunity to learn from him. And I think that those are pivotal moments in my career that um, really changed the game for me and gave me the opportunity to learn quickly and then be in these moments that um, put me in a place that I was like ahead of my peers. Nice, nice. And you talk about being able to try different things and just saying yes. And I tell this to people all the time, (laughs) get into supply chain and try all sorts of different things because you never know what you're going to like or what you're not going to like because there's so many different things that you can be doing. So yes, I'm going to go back to that soul sisters thing. (laughs) Like this is blowing my mind. Um, But you also lived abroad for a while. You went to Poland. Um, yeah. You went I, you you went and lived in in Poland and I think in Europe as well. What was that experience like? Did you know anything about that part of the world beforehand or were you wanting to just get stuck in with all the opportunities? What did you learn? What did you like to would you like to tr- travel for work again? Yeah, so that was um again just another say yes opportunity. We mm-hmm. were um looking to expand in Europe and mm-hmm. identified a company that we would acquire in Europe and the plan was to go and keep the people there and make sure that we had European leaders, but empower them with our technology and our training and our business model. So as they're almost in like a consultative role of coaching them for what had worked for our business, but understanding that there might be differences in Europe that, that they know and they're subject matter experts at as well. Um, so that was a learning experience for me because the other acquisitions that we had done and integrations we had done in the US were very much like, we know the best way to do this, do it our way and you will win. Um, and so that was a completely like a shift in mindset for me of more coaching and giving them the tools to be successful and then letting them figure it out. 
So that was learning experience. And also just the culture shift, you know, we got training on it. We prepped, we had a lot of conversations, but nothing can really prepare you for just a difference in upbringing. Um, And so, you know, Americans were very much like work hard, play hard. And in Europe, there's not really that same mindset. Um, And we were there in the summer and it was mind blowing to me that people would take weeks long vacation and they would just be gone. There no one was checking their emails. No one was checking their phone. And um, then they'd be back and it would just be like they'll pick back up where they left off. And that was admirable in a sense of, wow, clearly the European economy survives when they have (laughs) this culture. So um, that was an interesting learning experience that we definitely don't have here. Mm -hmm. And so would you like to travel for work again? Would you do it again? So I, you know, looking back when I think about, I moved six times for Coyote. So I would not have been able to do that with a family, I don't think, or it would have been a lot more challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband and I were in a long distance relationship. He lived in Toronto and I was kind of all over the place in the US and then in Poland. So that was accommodating for my ability to travel and say yes. Um, I think now, if it made sense for my family, we would be open to it. But there's definitely more complexities with a family. (laughs) Absolutely. And so now you're vice president of strategic initiatives at Emerge. I mean, that sounds really exciting. Tell us about the role. What are you working on? It is exciting. I I truly believe what we're doing at Emerge is game changing. We are building incredible products that um, the industry really needs. So that was essentially what gave me the jump to want to try something different after a long time in Coyote. And um, my role at Emerge, I oversee our program and project management. So we work um, in tandem with the product team and technology, and we sit really between product and operations and help operationalize complex um, products as well as partnerships. So we, we also run pilots. Uh, we do a lot of cool stuff, testing what's a good fit for our business. And um, yeah, our, my boss likes to say we're the glue of the organization. Which, I love that. I love that. And you joined, you joined Emerge at the beginning of 2020, which was just about when COVID was unleashed on supply chain and the world. And I think that was a bit of a tough time to start a job. So what have these last two and a half years been like for you personally and on a business level? How have you seen sort of the industry change, working on strategic initiatives? Do you have any kind of predictions for us on what's to come? Yeah, I think the everyone that works in our industry knows that when COVID hit, everything has gone haywire. Um, it has just been crazy to see and also how resilient our industry is and being able to react to all of the um, impacts of the pandemic. I think that um, what we were able to see is just the impact on procurement, which is really the niche that Emerge focuses on and right. seeing those different um, procurement trends change You know, month over month, depending on what was going on, what variants happen, what surges were happening at the grocery store. Um, So that was pretty cool to see and have a lens into. Um, I think one of the learnings that we've seen is that the bidding behavior will certainly be different forever because of COVID. I think that um, there's a lot more interest in um, adoption of technology and through that technology, understanding that an annual bid that you compile once a year is really not going to cut it anymore because you need to be agile and nimble and be able to react as things change, as your supply chain changes, 
Um, and so that's really where we've seen a big adoption of our products too, is that those old practices aren't going to work anymore. And we need to come up with a solution that will allow them to think quick on their feet when things change. Yeah. And everything's changing so, so fast. Now you mentioned earlier that you're a mom and, uh, in your bio, we mentioned that you're a mom to a one-year-old girl. So how has that, how has managing a new job and COVID been alongside being pregnant and a new mom? I mean, it might still be fairly early days for you, but how do you feel about things like mom guilt? Because as many women wouldn't like to talk about it in the boardroom, it's a very real problem for millions of hardworking moms out there. So talk us through sort of what that's looked like and maybe how your schedule is so that, you know, you're, you're really being able to have work life, work life balance. Sure. Uh, so it's interesting because <laughs> I got a call that my daughter's daycare, um, had a baby that tested positive today. So today yeah. has been an interesting day of, uh, working mom balance, which, I say working mom because no one calls a dad a working dad. Um, right. But yes, it, it's a, a current event right now. Um, but I would say that my schedule and the mom guilt, I certainly had mom guilt going back to work after maternity leave. I just thought my baby is so small. How can I leave her all day? Um, and that was really hard. I think it took me about a week and then I was right back into it. Um, and so, you know, looking forward, if I were to have another baby, I think I need to keep that in mind of it's not as daunting as it might seem. Uh, I also have su a big support system and, you know, my family being able to help when I need it, as well as at work, everyone's really understanding. I think that is a recipe for success. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know other people that don't have those support systems and, you know, that's really where you see women aren't able to do both and be a mom and work. So um, I think that the impacts of COVID, though it's been a super tough time for a lot of people, I think everyone was a little bit more understanding about what flexibility looks like. And um, I think that is something that I'm appreciative of becoming a mom during that time. Yeah. And it's about time too, right? I think, I think we have all the tools in place where we can be flexible and that, um, people, not just women, but men and women and all people from different walks of life can have a flexible work life balance. And, uh, you know, we can, we can get back to really living, right. which is what sort of excites me as well. And so you've worked for two startups, like Coyote was only five years old when you joined them. Emerge is a startup because it was founded in 2017. As a woman, what has your experience been? You know, I've had guests on the show who've said that startups can be a great environment mm -hmm. for underrepresented voices. But having said that, we know that supply chain, transportation, technology, they can be fairly male dominated. So what has that looked like for you? So I think, you know, when I started at Coyote, it was 2011. Times were different then. Um, different. And so yes. I think that's important to note, like the frat house culture that I thrived in likely would not be um, acceptable now. But mm. I think that just my competitive nature um, in being an athlete and really thriving on maybe someone that's better than me that I want to catch up to or I want to surpass them. Um, I didn't care if it was a, a male or a female. I just wanted to be the best. And I think that that has helped me. Um, and then just startups in general, that was 
exactly the reason that I wanted to go to Emerge was that I wanted to join a company at a similar stage again and be able to experience that growth and be a part of it. Um, so, you know, so far that has been something that I really love about Emerge. And when I, when I joined, I was employee number 30 and now we're at over 300. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I was definitely earlier in the stage of when I joined Coyote, but I remember, you know, people that I looked up to at Coyote that would say they were a part of it. And so now I can say that I was a part of something even smaller when I joined Emerge, which is really cool. But again, I think, you know, man or woman, um, startups can be extremely lucrative and awesome opportunities for everyone. Um, I think a startup specifically, you have a better, you have better access to having a seat at the table and having your voice heard and having ideas, um, heard and then able to be implemented, which is really what I love. I love being able to say, I have an idea, people listen and then tell me to go do it. So I think yes. that's, again, great for men and women. That's so empowering to have an idea, have somebody listen to you, feel heard, and then get told, well, go and go and make it happen then. We want to yeah. see what kind of results you can have or whether positive or negative, right? Because what they do is they put that trust in you to be able to try everything that you possibly can. And, but knowing that it may or may not work out and that is okay. And I think an environment like that is really where a lot of people can thrive, mm -hmm. um, feel empowered, feel motivated. Was there a moment in your career where you kind of found your voice? I know as an athlete, or I, I know for myself as an athlete, especially being a catcher behind the plate, I had to yell out you know, calls and yell out when people were um, looking to maybe run or, you know, try to try to get in their ear a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I know for me on the field, it was that's kind of where I found my voice personally. But in business, it took me a little bit longer. So what about you? I think that <clears throat> I was starting to feel that at Coyote. I, I felt as if so I, the last role that I was in, I had made the leap of faith to go into sales. And I had always been in more operational special projects roles. And um, I wanted to learn a different side of the business. So I moved into enterprise sales. And when I started having success selling to large customers, that's when I started to really feel like, okay, not only do I know how to do the things, but now I know how to talk about the things that I'm doing too. Mm -hmm. And people yeah. are listening and they're buying in and they're trusting me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that was, was definitely a turning point. And then likewise, that kind of gave me the oomph to go try something new because now I know that I... I, I have a value to add and that people will listen. So um, that gave me, you know, the confidence to take a leap of faith and start a new chapter at Emerge. I love that because a lot of times women don't put their hand up for a job unless they have like 100% of the qualifications. And you just said you had never been in sales before. You didn't have a background in sales. And yet you took the leap anyways. And you were empowered to do so not only by yourself, but also through the organization. And I think it's important to point out that you did it anyways and you learned along the way. And what you did, what were you, what you were able to learn along the way for yourself as well well is incredible. Thank you. So 
Is there anyone in the industry or maybe out of it that you really looked up to that it's inspired you personally or professionally? And have you had a mentor in your career to kind of help elevate your voice or maybe open some of those doors along the way? Definitely. Um, I think about like my grandmother and my mom as being hardworking women that I always looked up to. I, you know, I would ask my mom, why do you have a job when all my friends' moms don't work? And my mom was like, one day you'll understand because I am driven and I want to have a job. And so I think that was instilled in me at a young age that I should work hard and, you know, be motivated to be successful on my own. Um, and, you know, in tandem with that, I think in the, the industry and in my experience in my career, um, I think when you ask this question, I think back to, I took a women in supply chain um, conference and course at MIT a couple of years ago. And there was a session that Gartner put on about the difference between a mentor and an advocate. Um, mm -hmm. And a mentor is typically a woman in a higher position that you look up to and the coaches you. And an advocate is really someone that's in a similar position, but it's a man that will sit at a table and always advocate for your name. Um, and that was a very interesting moment in time to reflect on. I've really had some of both. Um, yeah. And I think that both are equally important. You know, the mentor is really showing you the ropes, is coaching you, is challenging you, um, which is definitely the teammate that I mentioned who started at Coyote before me. Um, she's still my best friend to this day. She was certainly the mentor to me, um, gave me, you know, a hard coaching when I needed it, but lifted me up when I needed it too. And then um, there was another gentleman, actually two gentlemen at Coyote, um, who really always had my back and were able to like, if there was this new opportunity being brought up, make sure that my name was thrown in. Um, and so I think that building those relationships are super important. And ironically, one of those men is now the COO of Emerge. <laughs> oh, so wow. yeah, it, it's super cool to have that relationship continue on in this next life, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so I think the world of him and, um, He's really done tremendous things for my career. So I'm excited for what's to come still. That's awesome. And we want to thank all of them, right? Yes. We want to thank him for being a huge advocate and helping you in your road to success. And that, and you really showcase what that can look like for somebody. So what does the future hold for you? What does that look like? I think the future holds um, growing Emerge to be a $10, $20 billion company. I I plan on staying here as long as they'll have me. Um, I think, again, just the sky's the limit for the products and the opportunity that we have. So I plan to do that. I plan to continue to be um, a working mom <laughs> and show my daughter what it means to be able to juggle all of that and still find time for all the things that are important to me. I love that. So finally, then, what's the advice that you would have for girls and women looking to follow in your footsteps? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I think if we go back to, you know, what I mentioned about saying yes, um, sometimes when you're presented with an opportunity, it will take you out of your comfort zone. But if you realize that that opportunity, what you'll learn from it, and that it could be um, the momentum and catapult that you need to get to the next level in your career, you have to say yes. Um, mm -hmm. The other advice that I always give, which this came from the, the founder of CEO, Jeff Silver, or the founder of Coyote, Jeff Silver, he said, never go into a meeting without a notebook and a pen. 
And I tell that to all new hires, everyone that's on my team. It's disrespectful if you go to a meeting without a notebook and pen, because that shows that you plan to, to not learn anything. Um, and so, you know, just showing up with that is the first step and then ask the questions and take notes and learn from all those opportunities that you can, uh, learn from, because there's a reason that you're in the room and you have to, you know, put your stamp on your perspective. Such great advice. I'm a paper and a pen girl myself. <laughs> and too. when somebody shows up, to a, well, well, when somebody shows up to a meeting without one, I'm like, are they taking notes? Is it all in their head? Right. How are they going to remember all of this? Like, this is a lot of information. And I'm sure, you know, I'm not the only one that's thinking that when you when you see somebody uh, not taking any notes. But exactly. as always, I'm so disappointed to have to end our chat. <laughs> I've loved talking to you, hearing your passion for our industry and the innovation and strategy you're helping to drive at Emerge. It's just so exciting. <laughs> and also, you know, thank you for your honesty with talking about balancing work and motherhood. We don't want to put a heavy focus on it on the show because we want to spotlight women's professional achievements as much as possible. But it's a huge part of many of our lives. And sometimes we do need to support or we do need the support of other women when it comes to things like mom guilt, imposter syndrome, and all of those things that we all feel, whether mom, not mom, stepmom, because I'm a stepmom, so I got to throw those in there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just all about the conversation and the support and how we think about things and maybe changing somebody's perspective or helping them with, with perspective. So thank you so much, Maggie, for joining me today and talking so authentically with us. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you and chat with you and learn that we have so much in common. What are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there too many steps and touches involved? If you have a vision for improvement, Fastenal can tailor a solution to help you get there. From automated bins that monitor your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that let you control and track the products that keep your business running. Fastenal has the ability and experience to help your supply chain. Go to fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it. Fastenal, where industry meets innovation. If you would like to hear more from us here at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com and check out the latest. You can also head over to Let's Talk Supply Chain on YouTube to check out the latest as well. And remember, if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So head over to the search bar on our website, put in the keyword, and we will showcase the content that we have for you. So you can go check it out and see if it's the right solution for you. And remember to come back next week when I'll be, I'll be talking to Signet Infotech. Plus, we have episode one of our mini-series with QuickBase, where Peter will be joining me back on the show for their first episode called C, which is all about people and technology. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. And remember to 
um, support the blended pledge. That's right. We are giving away grants to diverse voices so that they can say yes to speaking engagements. Those grants are going to be used to cover the travel expenses to help get you there. So if you are a diverse voice that wants to apply, our applications will be open at the end of April. If you are an individual that wants to join us in the impact, go to GoFundMe and look up blended pledge. Or if you're an organization that is looking for external DEI initiatives, we are creating exclusive grant opportunities for you. So email us at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Or if you go to Instagram, follow Let's Talk Supply Chain and DM us talk one, you can get that dictionary for free. And if you would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, remember to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.